Hello, hello. Welcome back, friends, to the Creating Wealth and Wellness podcast with me, Tara Misseldine, and co-host Amanda Kingsley. We are here to take you on a journey today where freedom is cultivated through personal development, where women connect to fuel their futures, and where wealth is created as a byproduct of being well. Isn't that right, Amanda? Yeah. Good stuff, right? <laughs> That's why we are here every week. Every time we, you, because you've been doing the intro, say that, I kind of like go back to that moment on our on my deck where we were like, this is what the show's about. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Even though sometimes it takes us to really new and unfamiliar territory. <laughs> but today we are actually going to be in familiar territory because today we are going to be talking about books. We're going to be talking about some of our favorites, and then we're also going to be having a quick portion of the chat about the books we are currently writing, because we are that ambitious <laughs> to do everything that we, we are do writing and books. write books. We are authors. <laughs> okay, but before we do that, let's talk about our gratitudes. What's your gratitude today, Amanda? Um, my dog. She came oh. to us at seven. And she's just been such a lovely addition. There was a short period at the beginning of the summer where our door was broken and she kept busting out and running around the neighborhood. And <laughs> she was not the thing I was most grateful then in those <laughs> short weeks. <laughs> but other than that, she's just such a blessing. It's been really lovely to have her. That's very sweet. And she is cute and she has two different colored eyes, right? Yeah. She does. One sparkly blue eye. Hey, you know what's crazy? So I do a lot of my life coaching work with um, Jen Heilman, Feng Shui. She's been on the show before. and um, We'll link to that episode too in case you didn't (laughs) There we go. Feng Shui, she's awesome. We both have dogs with two different color eyes. What? Wait a second. Are they the same color? I mean, like, are they the same? Like a blue and a brown. They both have left blue eyes? Or are they opposite? Because that would be super interesting. I don't know. I don't think to like that. They might be like two different halves of like the same soul dog. Yeah, it was so wild. Like, I think I knew it was one of those things where I knew for a little while and then it clicked. I was like, this is so weird that we both have dogs with two. Yeah, because it's not super common. It's pretty unique. Yeah. (laughs) What is your gratitude? (laughs) Okay, my gratitude today is for. Um, the gift that I have in attracting amazing people to work on my teams, particularly in my cleaning company. Um, it was very clear to me today as like everybody, um, everybody is out working in like hundred degree heat Mm. and I'm getting texts from people, but like nobody's, everybody's kind of looking for some moral support, but I wouldn't call it whining but they're just amazing people. And I've had like two unsolicited phenomenal feedback messages from clients today about just my amazing team members. And my, this company would be, not be what it, what it is without these amazing people. That's there, awesome. So many of them are so amazing. So there's, that's there's really cool. There. We went to a fireworks display last night um, up in Vermont and at, we left and I said to my husband, every time we leave that, I am so grateful for the company that runs, they have like eight inflatable bouncy houses, oh, Cool. but this particular company that does it, and I should know the name, but I don't, cause I don't ever think to rent bouncy houses, but <laughs> the group of people who run those are like the nicest most family friendly, like not your typical fair scene. Hmm. And I'm always so grateful. I like, 
I think, how did they gather such an amazing group of employees? (laughs) That's like what I'm thinking when I'm there as a parent sending my kids through these bouncy houses. Like they're clean. The people are nice. Like it's pretty amazing. So yeah, it's very cool. I can definitely, maybe we should have a future episode about hiring, attracting teams and hiring because it's something Yeah, I I feel really strongly about. And I do have some opinions. I don't know if they're facts or not, but they're, they're (laughs) opinions and science in the works. (laughs) That's that's a great episode. Okay. Today's episode Today we're going to be talking about books and what we were thinking is like we wanted to share with you all some of the books that we have found powerful over the course of the year so far um, and we can stretch that a little bit like if you were reading a book over the turn of the year totally counts Amanda um, or well, like I if it was still stewing with you yeah okay yeah one I revisited this year that's just made such an impact so. cool what is it Let's just um, jump right in. Yeah. Well, the revisit book is called The Life You Were Born to Live. It's by Dan Millman. And um, like this, the whatever, it says a guide to finding your life purpose. So this book I found probably 10 years ago, a friend introduced me to it and it's like numbers. So you find your birth number. Ooh. Um, but every time I, re- and I revisit it every few years to like sort of, oh, what's changed? And I like grow more and more into my number. And it's just the most accurate, incredible book of this type that I've ever encountered. Whoa. I'm using it like very heavily in the life coaching work that I'm doing. Um, and it's eye-opening and just like, I, I mean, I'm literally getting in with people and being like, and it's, it's very cool because um, as a reader, I would read some of the things about my numbers and then be like, well, now what? What do I, what do, I do with that? <laughs> if that's true about me as in my birth numbers, what do I do with it? And I never really knew. And so in my coaching work, I'm able to sort of process that with my clients. Mm-hmm. Like, here's, here's what we know to be true about your birth numbers. What are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some tools to to like use that. Um, so anyway, that is a go to favorite that's been very present for me this year. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I I want to read it. It's so good. I really heard it. I want to read it. Um, okay, well, I'll, I guess I will take a turn. Um, one of the books that I was actually reading. My birthday is on the winter solstice. So I'm usually doing something very like interdirected and personal around that time from that time to the end of the year. And I picked up this book called The Desire Map by Danielle oh, yeah. Laporte. And I like Danielle Laporte a lot. Yeah. Um, but I had never read this particular book. And oh my gosh, did it put entirely new spin on the way that I set goals and envision the future of my life and just like really uh-huh dig in and ask those questions and, and allow the answers to be whatever they are, not what they're supposed to be. Um, so I love, love that book. And I think that I probably will make a practice of like on a yearly basis, reevaluating and kind of asking those questions of myself again and opening all of those pathways. Um, but even the way that she presents it, I think everybody should read because it's an entirely new way of looking at your own ambitions. It's one of those books that's like, I feel like high at the top of the 
entrepreneurial personal development and growth like lists and it has been for years mm-hmm. and where those two intersect yeah yeah never yep. where personal it. growth and entrepreneurship intersect for sure yeah and I, what i think i have like a maybe desire map journal or something but i've never actually sat down and read the book so mm-hmm. it's good you can borrow it if you want to I have the physical. Oh, copy. I'm not a good book borrower. No. <laughs> then yeah. you can't borrow it. <laughs> That's an interesting topic for who out there writes and destroys their books. Like I'm a underliner, I'm a writer, I'm a page folder. I'm a <laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm pretty hard on them too. I definitely make notes and yeah. <laughs> dog ear pages. Um uh, my my husband is the opposite. Like he'll read these twelve hundred page epic novels and then they look like they've never even been opened. <laughs> I don't even know how he does it. It takes him months to yeah. read it. And I, it looks pristine. Like it, you can't even ever tell that like the binding was opened all the way. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like the concept of the library is very beautiful to me, but I could never. It, <laughs> maybe for like a novel. I could certainly read a novel that I borrowed from someone or from the library, but anything with any juice. Forget about it. So Desire Map, thank you for that. That's yeah, awesome. I, I do really love that one. And that one's for like a very, very particular use, you know. Um, okay, what else? What else do you got? Well, I did just finish A Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel <gasps> Hollis. I listened to that too. I I listened to that one audiobook. Love it. <laughs> I really, really loved it. I loved how just, and I, and I follow her now, like, Instagram and you mm-hmm. know, the social media scene. And I just love how real she is. She's mm-hmm. just so real and so like simple but profound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it's a great book. Relatable. So, That's how I would explain very it. Very relatable. Yeah. Yep. I and and funny but heavy but yeah, really amazing. So if you haven't seen or picked up or if you've been thinking about girl wash your face it's a, it's a great summer read too because she's it's broken up into these short little chapters and mm-hmm. it's it's just fun it's a really and fun read i will add a, a strange aside to that one um and i avoided that book for quite a long time because it kept coming up in the genre of christian Yes, because it's by a Christian publisher. Because, yes, I know, but it, and I, I was like, eh, I don't uh-huh. know. like I'm, you know, I, I don't even know how to classify my relationship with Christianity. But it's, it's, I don't tend to frequent Christian authors and no, like real heavy Christian thought. <laughs> um, so I avoided it for a long time, but then I was like, eh, it came up on my Libby as available, and I was like, let's just give it a shot. And she was fantastic and while she does reference it as like a big part of her life there's nothing evangelical or like you know preachy or judgmental or anything like that that would turn people off and I'm pretty sensitive to a lot of that stuff so just if you've been avoiding that book or if you haven't noticed it because it comes up in that genre take a look anyway it's yeah good I'm really glad you brought that up I didn't know that when I bought it and I got to the part in the book there she was she said something about, you know, the choice to publish with a Christian publisher. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. And I too am very sensitive. Um, and it was, yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. Oh, so actually I'm, I'm sorry. I need to add like a sub 
sub-level disclaimer. I am not in any way against Christianity. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just don't, I don't like anything that is presented as like the one, you know, this is the one right way of being. So that's why I'm often sensitive to really fundamental, you know, positions. Yeah, which it is not. I mean, it is not at all. Barely even mentions religion in the whole thing. Yep, and it's only it's from her personal perspective of how it is important and how it has shaped her her life yeah. and choices. So so, so yeah, good. It was a good one. Um, so let's see. I will. I referenced this in another recent episode in the last you know in the last maybe four or five episodes, but it was definitely one of my most powerful of 2018. And that is things. No one tells fat girls by Jess Baker. Oh, you did reference this recently. Yep. Um, totally blew my mind. I absolutely love her. Um, I love her voice. I love her mission. She's amazing. Mm. Um, and she really opened this book. It, you know, it has a really strong um, feminist equality, body positivity, self-love. I mean, the, the entire premise of the book is self-love and why it's so hard for us to have it because of the world that has shaped us. Um, and I'm, I'm very aware of this topic and still she blew my mind. <laughs> even, even if you are not fat or have never been quote unquote fat, um, or if you're not even bothered by the fact that you are fat, like this is the world. It's a statement to the world that we live in and how yeah. you can operate in a, in a way that's so much more shaped by love to everyone else. It's not. What do you think it would be like for diversity. teen girls? What? What do you think it would be like for teen girls? Oh my God. They should absolutely yeah. read it because, you know, I, I can't tell you how many not fat girls Oh, she even, she stated a statistic um, that, that children between the ages of like seven and 12, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it's close. Okay. Um, girls between the ages of seven and 12 were, when polled, were more afraid of becoming fat than having both of their parents die. Oh my God. What the hell? Pardon my euphemism. What the hell? Is this world teaching our girls if they are more afraid of the way that their body might be shaped than having both of their parents die? And like it's I book have is like full of that kind of and it's very research based. Way. Yeah, she is so so smart and so oh. well researched. It is not just an opinion, it is not just an activism book, it is like it is there's so much research included that was like literally totally popped the top off my head so many times wow. listening to this and explaining, you know, how does mar mass marketing and media, how has that affected us? Why the, the different phases that the world has gone through and what body imagery is supposed to be, um, you know, over the last couple centuries and wow. decades. So it is so worth the listen. It will, it, it will just, it will open up so many lines of thought for people. Right. I, I well, hope that I everybody want to read the desire map, but I'm going to go buy this book as soon as we're done. I, I wish that I could buy it and make all of the people in my life read it. <laughs> I really do. It is so, so powerful. I can't say enough about it. And I think it's like, so under, you know, 
it, it's so underserved right now because it it feels like it's being marketed to a niche audience you know like yeah it oh, really does like it's it's meant for fat girls. No, this is what everyone in the world needs to hear. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> because we need to change our freaking world right now, you know? Yeah, wow. And it's not just about body image. Like she talks about, you know, racism and homophobia and all the ways that diversity is, you know, mm. um, drastically underserved in our world and feared. That's great. So, yeah, it's way cool. So that cool. that's probably that that takes the cake for me as actually as my book of 2018. Nice. Um, okay, so uh, yes, yeah. you want to tell us about book. your book? Yeah, tell me yeah. about your book <gasps> because you are on fire. I am so on fire with it. and <laughs> and people were talking like in the last week. This is a book that has been stewing in me for like seven mm-hmm. years. <laughs> And I just recently got to the point where everything is like really starting to come together and it finally feels like it has, you know, it has a form now. I'm like, I feel seven months pregnant, like baby's kicking for real. Oh. <laughs> kicking, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, so yeah, my, the premise of my book um, is, is kind of a self-help slash memoir of all of the ways that I want to undomesticate myself so that my daughter never has to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the lessons that I want to relearn or that I need to like unlearn that I picked up along the way inadvertently or was taught or absorbed um, that have wounded me in ways and that I've been carrying around those wounds. So the, I, the title of the book is undomesticated daughters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and what I want it to be is kind of a collection of stories and lessons that show how we can kind of embrace our wildness and self-love again. Um, and a lot of the messages are through, you know, through my experience parenting a girl and she's only four, but I feel like so many of my, my, you know, my truths have been confronted since becoming a parent because I had to like actually assess every single thing that I believe as to whether or not it's something I want her to believe, if that makes sense. Um, so there are, there are 12 lessons in my book um, that I, that I'm, cho- that I'm choosing to reassess. And like, this is what I believed. This is not what I want my daughter to believe. So how do I go about, how do I go about changing that in myself so that I can model something different for her? Not just so that I can preach it to her, but so that I can, I can let her form a more healthy truth. Can you give us an example of one or is that two? I don't, I don't really want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I like, I just want a little more, a little more, um, is it like, okay, so in Girl, Wash Your Face, she has like a lie I've been told and then the chapter. Yep. Um, is it that? Is it like things you were taught culturally, things you were taught um, in your family? Like what's the... Uh, totally both. Both. Okay. Yeah, totally both. Um, and they're similar, I would say similar to like, you know... Rachel's lies and and things like that and what she disproved to herself um 
but okay. So for instance, I, I will give you, I'll give you one. So the distinction between being superhuman, like, you know, that was a lesson that I learned early on is that I was supposed to be better than lots of people at lots of things Oh, interesting. or I wasn't good enough. And so this, yeah. the distinction between being superhuman, which is something that people always describe me as to being super human, like two separate words. Right. Um, you know, like we, what we should be doing right. is doing the best that we can yeah. Yeah. with what we've okay. got. And this even yeah. like speaks toward people's body, body shapes and stuff like one of the things Jess Baker talks about in her book is that only 5% of people naturally have the genetic capacity to be shaped the way that we all see beautiful. You know, other, like the other 95% literally can't. They never will have Ugh. those proportions. Crazy. So how unfair is that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's one of them. Yeah, and then, we do live in such a superhuman culture. That's a great example. That, yeah. I just wanted that like an example of something that cool. I yeah, can, cool. I can give you one, one more too. Um, and that is when, when I don't feel safe, I don't care what you want from me. Like, oh. you know, even, even like the, the idea of having to consent even to giving someone a hug, like even if it's a family member right. or something like that, a super yep. simple lesson for our kids, yep. but you know, it, I should not have to sacrifice my feeling of safety to mm-hmm. make you more comfortable right or to please you Ooh. you know and there's lots of examples of where that goes but that like those are the kinds of lessons that I'm talking about like I want Aria right. to grow up knowing that like her feeling of being safe should never be the cost of pleasing someone else yeah yeah. Period. Okay. Well, can you hurry up and cool. write so we can? Yeah. All read it? <laughs> Thank you. I'm working on. It. I'm working so hard on it. All right. So, what about you? Because I know you are in the midst of writing a pretty transformational story as well. Yeah, and I would say it's the exact same uh, genre of sort of memoir self help, but mine's definitely from an experience um, of having an abortion, which was a year and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, like what's just one of those, the thing you never thought you'd do or have to do (laughs) kind of transformational experiences. It was like, whoa, this huge life lessons in here. And I'm the kind of person who believes everything happens for a reason. And I really do believe that if you, um, there's a character in my book, um, and I say character because every time I use the term, I italicize it, but it's, I call it the immaculate, immaculate IUD removal. Um, <laughs> and I believe that it happened so that I could write this book. Um, so whether that is the truth or not, doesn't really matter because I'm writing the book. Exactly. And, um, it was such a transformational experience that uh, I knew I needed to write about it for other women, for other men, for the culture. Um, and it's been a super powerful experience to actually write a book. <laughs> I've thought about writing a book my whole life and to sit down and actually go at it section by section is really incredible. And I'm not a numbers person at all. I'm like a I don't know. I'm just not a numbers person, but it's been 
the task of writing a book at times has felt so insurmountable yeah. that actually the numbers have been really helpful for me. I'm like, okay, if I want about 80 to 100,000 words, like if I wrote a thousand, I just have to do that 80 more times. <laughs> and I'm like, I can do that. I can do that 80 more times. This is actually um, doable. Yeah. But it, for so, so long, writing a book felt impossible. It was like, I'm not one of those, like, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but this book had to be written, whether I wanted to sit down and write it or not. I feel very much like a calling mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's, it's been so powerful, but it is, it really is essentially about the self-help piece is trusting yourself and believing in yourself and knowing that you can do hard things if they're good for the greater whole and, um, releasing other people's stories. And it really is a book that I'm writing very, at first I thought it would be much more like abortion resource because that's what I wanted when I was having mine. I just wanted resources. Um, but it is much more life resource than abortion resource. Um, and yeah, these, these really big hard things come into our lives. For me, it was abortion. For other people, it's a car accident or cancer or grief. Um, losing a loved yeah. One. Or losing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> losing a loved one. But it's, it's what happens in that experience, not the experience itself that, that needs to be written about. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, um, because I know this comes up for me too. So I'm curious how you're going to answer this. Uh, both of us are writing books that bring us to a really, really vulnerable place. Lots of we're, Yeah. We're sharing some pretty, like the, some of the darkest, deepest corners of ourselves yeah, in sure. these two books. And how do you, like, how do you process that? Like when, when that comes up and you're like, oh my God, like, you know, there, there's a handful of people that I wish I could like do the, a Facebook release of this future book and be like, okay, but you can't see it. You can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a handful of you that I don't want to see this book, but everyone else I do. <laughs> yeah. How do yeah, you, it, how do you it, feel about that? Um, well, for me, that is one of the biggest stories that I'm letting go of. That is one of the biggest lessons yeah. of the abortion was releasing what other people think and following my own truth. So yeah. good, good. I had, you know, that's so strong for me that it's allowed me to heal that story that I've been told all my life. Well, I use heal. It allows me to be in process of healing <laughs> because it's a big story, um, what other people think and allowing it to run your life. Um, so there are, there's been a few places. I'd say my husband is the, the one place where I'm like, wait, can I put that out into the world? Like, this is his story too. <laughs> um, so that's the one, but in terms of what, other people think to get started on the writing, I had to get really real about re releasing that. Mm -hmm. And I did publish a very short article in Mothering Magazine, which I can link to, um, that was very much a test run for me. Can mm -hmm. I handle the haters? Can I handle the people calling me murderers and mm -hmm. sibling killers? And, you know, and so that little teeny tiny test was definitely 
the thing that allowed me to sit down and write because I was like, oh, I can handle them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the what was the general feedback on that? If you don't mind, it me. was incredible. Yeah. It was, it was thank super you. supportive. Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing your story. I mean, hundreds of people who said to me, "I've never told anyone," but or not mm-hmm. not that they said that exact thing. Tens told me, "I've never told anyone," but um, people, hundreds of people who said like. I've want to talk to, I've wanted to talk about this and mm-hmm. there's not a space for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, powerful. The feedback was incredible. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I'm sure that that does help. I'm, I'm really proud of you for doing that um, as a measure of getting yourself there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Big awesome. And it was a great article. So we'll definitely link to it in the show notes if anyone wants to take, um, take a read. All okay. right. So reading books, Woo. writing books, we went way over time. Um, oh, well, good stuff. <laughs> very, very good. This, that's what happens when like t- the time flies by. I know. Like, <laughs> I know. All right. Well, let's, so let's wrap it up then with our asks. What, what do you have today, Amanda? Well, I think the obvious asks is what are your favorite books, right? Mm, yeah. Send us, and, and I know we've, release that joint place in social media. So send us individually um, and we will share with each other your favorite books or. Yeah. Or even like, okay, take a, take a picture of the the cover of your favorite book right now and tag us on Instagram. I'm at my all in life. Yeah. Amanda is at Amanda Star Kingsley. Yeah. Tag us. We'll see you there. Till next time.